Learn more about the albums you love with Dissect, a music analysis podcast hosted by me, Cole Kushner, a lifelong musician. Each season of Dissect dives deep into one album, examining the music, lyrics, and meaning of one song per episode. We've covered albums by Kendrick Lamar, Tyler the Creator, Frank Ocean, just to name a few, and our brand new season just launched all about Radiohead's 2007 masterpiece, In Rainbows. Listen to Dissect on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, because great art deserves more than a swipe. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome back to What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. On this week's special episode, I'm joined by The Ringer's very own Joe Robinson to talk all things sex education. Joe, how are you feeling? What's been up since we last talked about yellow jackets, actually? Wow. A, long, a lot of things yeah. have happened. <laughs> that was a while ago. So many friendships have come and gone yeah. since. Actually, on this subject... <laughs> On the subject of friendship, since this is, like, the podcast for it, can I just say that, like, because we're talking about, like, friendships and distance and all this sort of stuff that happens in in sex education, Um, but a year, a little over a year ago, my best friend moved a couple states away, and it was, like, so heartbreaking, Mm. but, like, I wanted to be very supportive and all that sort of stuff, and then she just moved back two weeks ago, and I'm just, like, you know, on the moon, I'm so happy about it. And it's just that's like, emotional roller coaster. Yeah. But like, but it was good for her to go. I'm glad she went. She like, you know, learned a lot of things. And I feel like I handled it very maturely. Um, and, now she, and, now, and now she's back. And like, you know, like if you love something, let it go. And and it's just sort of like, uh, it just makes me really happy to have her around and back again. And just sort of like all the plans we have and all the things we want to do. And it's just like, friendships are so important. And oftentimes, like, really hard to hold on to, like, we're about to talk about a bunch of teens, but, like, the older you get, like, as your lives go in different directions, it can be so hard to hold on to these things. So, um, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about friendship. How about you? What's going on with you? I'm glad that your friend is back, first and foremost. Um, You you know, when you say the distance thing, it's funny because Steven, you know, my co-host and BFF, sometimes mentions, like... Oh, you know, but since you moved to L.A. And I'm, every time he says that, I'm just like, oh, it's like a little I know he doesn't mean it as like a little like 
shot, but it feels Dagger. like a shot because I yeah. feel guilty for living for leaving. But yeah, it distance is hard. Um, whether it was like short term or ongoing, it really does kind of like affect you and the friendship. But we're here. We're with our friends, so that's good. Yeah, there's a difference between a friendship where like it's not a big deal to make plans or it's not a, or you just are constantly aware of what's going on in their lives versus the, you know, when you feel like there needs to be a big download or a big check-in, like every time you see each other, or like a big amount of plans to see each other. I don't know. That's, that's sort of a friendship 101 and this is advanced friendship, I know, but um, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's great. And I I was thinking about a lot when I was watching um, sex education in order to talk to you about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly one of my favorite shows, period, but also more so because of how they portray friendships. But what are your overall feelings about how the show paints friendship, like how it does it so well? Well, I love the show. I'm a huge fan of the show. I think it's, um, we're not going to talk like spoilery in depth about season four. I will say like season four was which is their officially their last season. Not necessarily my favorite, but there's a lot there to talk about and a lot of bright spots. But I think season one through three is some of like the best television we've had in the last yes. decade. And I feel like people don't talk about this show enough as much as they should. Right. Um, there's so yes. much incredible talent on this show. And I think it does something that I really love that I feel like I've seen in a lot of teen comedies of the last um, you know, few years is this idea of like, so many teen comedies of the 80s, 90s, and early aughts were so focused on like the the cliques and the str- and like those stratas of society and the things that divide us. And there was always this like, you know, can you be popular or revenge of the nerds or whatever the case may be. It's like we're moving within our own social groups. And what I love what I've seen in a lot of um teen comedies, like I'm thinking about Book Smart is one that I love. Um is this idea of there's more that unites us than divides us um, as teens. And if we can figure out what we share, then those boundaries of cliques and social circles tend to sort of evaporate. And that's something that sex education was so good at, like mixing and matching these teens from different groups, the jocks or the brains or whatever the case may be, and putting them, pairing them off in little like unusual couplings, whether they be romantic or friendship, and helping you understand how silly those little social boundaries are when like what what really matters is something much more human and universal. And I think that obviously when we're teens, it's so hard for us in the real world to like get past that and and move outside the safety that we find in our social circle. Like, oh, I belong here with the theater kids and they can't kick me out because we're all weird <laughs> theater kids together. Um, when you can, when you can sort of cross-pollinate those friendships, how rewarding that can be. One of my favorite previous season plot lines was, it was sort of like a Breakfast Club homage when they like put all the girls together in detention to try to like yes. work together and figure something out. And... Shout out Breakfast Club is like the original sort of like social circle breaker, but like these girls having to push past all that and figure out what unites them was um, one of my favorite things that the show did for sure. How about you? I mean, there's so much there um, because I did want to talk about kind of like the friendships among the women, specifically the two women, two women included in the Untouchables, and which is their kind of like cool crew. 
and how they kind of, they are friends with Maeve and the other women only when clearly they need sex education. Um, or when, again, they're put in one room in order for it to work out. But it, like you said, I feel like that even portrayed that click type of trope very well, where you do see the vulnerability of the humans within the click. And when that tension is broken is when they actually do need one another. I love that. And I think, again, we're not talking about spoilers for season four, but like the promise <laughs> of season four, the promise of season four takes the Mordale kids and puts them in a new school, Cavendish 6 form. And the only, again, this is like episode one stuff, the only member of the Untouchables who makes that switch is Ruby. And so I I think probably because Simone Ashley was busy with Bridgerton, but like um, that means that Ruby, who is so, you know, there were some challenges to her friendship group last season having to do with like socioeconomic status and stuff like that, but like is ripped out of a cl- like the clickiest of clicks and is lone wolfing her way through a new social structure. So her trying to figure out the like power dynamics and her being without the protection of her untouchable friendships, again, this is season four, episode one stuff, is like a really interesting thing to do with with the leader of the popular girl click in a high school setting, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes to what I wanted to say about, like, the reason I love how this friendship paints or how this show paints friendship is just how it highlights the different lives or evolutions of, like, a range of friendships. Like, yeah, just off the top of my head, there's, like, friends who have feelings for one another, friends who confide in one another with everything, Otis and Eric, friends who work with one another that have feelings with each other, like, friends that are befriending your mom's lover, who is the parent of who you're dating, friends who turn into lovers. And it does so in just such an organic but raw way where it almost like pulls at you just because of how real it feels and how, I mean, all of these actors, like you said in the beginning, are phenomenal. Like the way they kind of take on these roles and just live in them. But it doesn't, and it doesn't shy away from like the raw beauty and harshness that comes with being on either side of those friendships. Like we see how everyone also around each friendship feels, even if it isn't pretty. I love that. Yeah. And I think that for all that the show is interested in sex, which of course it is, I think fundamentally it's interested in shame. Like that's fundamentally the thing that like Mm. Otis and his um, mother, who's an actual licensed sex therapist are like trying to encourage people to work through is whenever they come to Otis with a problem sexually, it it has to do with like not understanding, not knowing ignorance about something. Uh, so needing to be educated in the first place. And then like shame around something. I've been told this is wrong. This is, it's wrong for me to want this. And, and so Otis trying to be like Otis and his mother both being like, this is perfectly natural. Like, can't you just hear Jillian Anderson saying that? Like, it's perfectly natural. This is fine. (laughs) It's fine for you to want this. You're fine how you are. You're great how you are. And you will find someone who wants that too. Like, you're not alone in this. You, you will be able to find connection. That's about sex, but it's like, it's about all relationships. It's about friendships as well. And that like, and, and that shame element I think is so much of what keeps us 
closed off and divided, particularly in high school, when we're so anxious about like, what's my body doing? And what, what do I think about this? And whatever. Um, and and so I think the, the sex education part, I don't, of course, I don't want to undermine it. It's the, it's the title of the show. It's part of what sets the show apart from a lot of things is like how, you know, open it is about sex. But I think that like shame piece is the real core, shame and connection. Like, like, trying to abolish shame and establish connection is what the show mm. is about. And that has so much to do with friendship um, outside of the sexual component. Yeah. I mean, inside or outside looking in, those two are kind of like pillars. Otis and his mom are also, I love that friendship that they have as well, because I feel like that is at the core of their honesty. Of course, like she is, she is experienced with these topics, but there's still some sort of like candidness, shyness, like back and forth of like comfort that really I think is because they do have this friendship that's growing. Yeah. And I think that idea of having a friendship with your parent is so interesting. Like obviously <laughs> Otis's mom, like Jean pushes a lot of boundaries in a way that maybe she oughtn't, I think with like in terms of not having boundaries with her son. I think there are some boundaries that she yes. could like stand to establish. And, and I think she learns that lesson over the course of the series. Um, but also you're at that like really interesting time in your life when you're a teenager, when you're moving your way through high school of like moving into adulthood and moving out of a space where it is just like a clear parent-child situation and more like, oh, I understand. You start to understand your parents a little bit. Well, actually, I don't know. I think that, I think that, <laughs> You're like, yeah, house, I don't know. mostly. Uh, <laughs> high school's a tough time for it. But in an ideal world, when you're like 18 or yeah. so, you start to think about things from your parents' perspective, but probably a little later. And then like later in life, uh, in again, in an ideal world, you can have a friendship with your with your parents, um, you know, having come out the other side of that, like, you know, dependent, more dependent relationship. Yeah. I mean, I think... Otis experiences a lot of what we all go through, no matter the age of trying to set boundaries with your parents um, and them not respecting those boundaries. And a yeah. lot has to do with bringing her, I guess, her profession into this relationship with her son, which in turn he then uses in his friendships at school, which is an interesting dynamic. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You mentioned, you know, a little bit earlier of like the beginning of season four, which isn't really a spoiler. They all go to a new school or most of them go to a new school and it ends up being this like queer paradise. Eric is like immediately embraced by 
this like queer clique and the show explores this tension in a friendship between queer and straight teens as they age and find their communities. What do you think about this like observation about friendships between queer and straight teens growing apart or into like different communities, especially like within this school environment? It's such a good question. I think so. Eric and Otis like is the heart of the show for me. Yes. I think Asa Butterfield and Shitigatwa are so good in these roles and and their chemistry together is so incredible. And so the moments of their friendship, like some of my favorite parts of the show are just the two of them biking to school, you know, like or, yes, or being at a yes. bus stop together or whatever <laughs> it is, you know. And and it's so sweet and it feels like part of what unites them when we first meet them is their outsider status. Their outsider sort of for different reasons, but they're outsiders in a way that feels a little familiar. And at that point in his life, Eric is dressing in a way where like, they feel like they kind of match in their outsideriness. And then as Eric continues to explore uh, his queer identity, his fashion, and also takes his trip to Nigeria. So like his, you know, like his culture, by the end, you're looking at the two of them and you're like, how are these, you know, if we just met them at the end of their journey, you're like, how are these two friends? Um, and what I love about this show, um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel did this as well. The show is just sort of like, friendships are the relationships that it is worth really focusing on and emphasizing. You know, like, Maisel becomes so much a friendship show in its final season. And when you're looking at a high school show or a high school movie or whatever, these will they, won't they sexual romantic relationships, like this is a, this is a sex comedy. This is a romantic comedy. Like we know, we know what that, what those story beats are, but in our real lives, aren't the relationships we brought out of high school, aren't the most relationships we brought out of high school, the friendships and not like necessarily who you dated in high school that, that is statistically probably not the person you're going to stay with and may not even be the person uh, someone that you stay friends with. And so to sort of shift the focus slightly off to like, no, this close friendship, this is the thing that is worth like protecting and nourishing and, and may endure. I'm not saying don't date anyone in high school or have sex with anyone in high school, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> this is the thing that the show I think is the most interested in. And that I that idea of Otis and Eric, especially as Eric explores his queer identity, like to your question about like straight teens and queer teens, I think Otis sometimes is like such a willing and happy ally for Eric, but also sometimes because he is so socially awkward in general, is nervous to get things wrong, is nervous to talk about things because he's afraid he doesn't fully understand it. Whereas when Eric meets these new kids at this new school, he doesn't have to explain anything. There's just like a baseline of understanding and there's like a connection there. And I think also for a time, Otis had that like main character syndrome problem where it's like his storyline was the most interesting thing in his head and he like let Eric down a couple times. And I think the show did a really good job of establishing how everyone is a main character in their own head, but in order to really... <laughs> have a solid friendship with someone, you have to acknowledge that you're each your own main characters in your own life and everyone's story and everyone's problems and everyone's whatever is is the A plot line. You know, you need to like trade off in terms of that and share and have equity. Um, I think that's something the show was really, uh, did a really good job with. What do you think? How do you think the 
relationship between them works. I think with, I mean, on, like you, I think Otis and Eric's friendship is like, you know, this, this at the epicenter of this show. It's my favorite, of course, friendship. But it's funny because when I remember when I was first watching, you know, season one, I was like, you know, Otis needs to get out of his own way to be there for Eric. Like there was like, yes, he was so much in his own world that uh, he wouldn't like notice even like at first, like little things like when Eric would be excited about someone passing by or, you know, his ordeals, ups and downs with Adam. Like it's just Otis was just so into what he was going through, but Eric was still there for him where it wasn't so much the other way around. And of course, those subtleties weren't subtleties as the season progressed. It became a little bit more obvious when Otis wasn't there for Eric. But it made, like you like you kind of like alluded to, it makes sense when we're at that age or maybe even now we are, we do forget that, you know, we are our like lead characters in our own lives, but those people around us are very important to our story. And I feel like that is something that sometimes Otis forgets. Yeah. Eric is just like such a special person. Um, I would yeah, kill yeah. to be friends with Eric. Like I, I would just like. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my life would be full of just uh, just delight if I were friends with Eric. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and yeah. And so then when Otis does, when he apologizes, when he does show up, when you know, like when when he figures it out, as he does, inc- you know, it's a lesson he has to learn a few times, but as he incrementally figures it out, that's so rewarding to watch. And I just, I find their connection so special. And again, um, so like a, a sort of a scheduling quirk of season four is that Connor Swindles, who plays Adam Groff, and Emma Mackey, who plays Maeve, they are very busy actors these days. Like the cast of sex education is just sort of like everywhere these days, right? Like you can't Good, throw a stone yes, in the Barbie yeah. movie without hitting one, right? Like they're everywhere. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that Adam and Maeve, though they are in season four, are like sort of isolated off on their own storylines because of scheduling. That would be my guess. And again, it just means that I can just like focus on Otis and Eric, which I think is like where I want my focus to be in the first place. So yeah. And then, you know, the whole move to a new school, we talked a little bit about like Ruby or like that, that type of like, I guess, disconnection to others, to your friends when you're kind of like this lone wolf trying to figure out your like this new life of yours in this new school. But I also thought of like the difference of feeling disconnected because there aren't anyone around or like Eric and Otis, where you feel a little disconnected, even when they are around. Like, both feel horrible we both experienced we've all experienced both but like what do you think about that those two type of situations in this series that's sometimes some like the loneliest you can feel when you're around someone who isn't really hearing you or seeing you that can be the most isolating feeling because at least like if you're physically by yourself you're like well if someone were here surely they would understand me or like see things my way <laughs> yeah. and then but for someone to be in the room with you and just sort of like not see you not or not care enough to listen to you um that yeah that could be you know and, and again i think that has and that that tends to like stoke that shame side that we were talking about right like oh um i'm not worth noticing or whatever my problems are they're not normal they're not you know something worth talking about and 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 dissolve that connection you know so like stoke the shame and like bury the connection and then it just feels 
so lonely and frustrating. And that, I mean, like the Adam character, again, like I said, Otis and Eric are, are my like ride or dies in terms of like a relationship that I care about. But Adam as a character and Connell Swindles, the way he plays him, this like deeply angry and closeted young yes. man, um, like was so compelling to me and the moments of connection that he made, not just with Eric, but with other characters, when you see him smile after not smiling for so long, when you just see, like, you feel this like almost physical relief as you watch him open up to various people. Again, like that's something the show uh, that's in some cases that's sexual in some cases it's not, but the important part is that, Adam feeling like he can be more honest about who he is, that opens you up to connections, uh, that opens you up to friendships. And like, I feel like we all just like heave a huge sigh of relief when this kid who was so stopped up and angry is able to sort of just let it out and be himself is a beautiful thing, honestly. Yeah. The moment where he kind of, you know, that the moment during the theater uh, where he kind of just pretty much frees himself and like reconnects with Eric was like really special because you do see that relief. You do see that freedom of just him being able to be who he is in public um, and also with himself because I feel like you said that was a little bit of what was going through in the beginning is he couldn't even be himself with himself. Totally. And I think a part of that is, you know, he, everyone has their own, like, unlikely friendship in the show. His friendship with Ola, you know, who, like, is briefly, like, an Otis love interest, but, like, I think the yes. more rewarding relationship she has is her friendship with Adam, you know, like, for us as viewers and the way in which, like, he connects with her and opens up. It's just, like, it's absolutely just really beautiful and sweet. And I love it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we talked a lot about Otis and Eric. Uh, is there anything else as far as like what's their evolution throughout the series or anything that like you think unites them versus like causes tension that you wanted to talk about? I think it's just worth, it's such a relatable feeling to go into high school with your middle school friends and you do, you change so much over the course of high school um, in theory, maybe not everyone, but a lot of us change so much over the course of <laughs> high school. Um, there's so much pressure, external pressure from like social circles and stuff like that. So like if you, I feel like, I don't know if we've all experienced this, but I certainly have, have experienced where you have a really close friendship with someone. Like my best friend growing up, we hadn't been in school together since like first grade. Her parents got divorced. It was like this whole thing. She and I came back to school uh, the same high school. We started the same high school together. And all the summer before high school, we were like, oh my God, we're gonna be in high school together. It's gonna be the best. And then we got there and it's just like, we were so different that our friendship really only worked like when it was the two of us, which is what it had been for so long. Uh, the two of us sort of like on the weekends when she was with her dad and we would just like hang out. That's where our friendship worked. And it just did not hold up under the scrutiny of high school. And I'm not like, I have no bad or even sad feelings about it. It's just sort of like such what could be more natural than like that, those tenuous, like young adolescent friendships just sort of splintering in the face of society. You know, so she was just like, she was just like sort of drawn into a completely different group of friends than I was drawn into. And like, we were never mad at each other. It was never like an angry breakup or whatever. It was just sort of like an immediate 
pulled in opposite directions. And unlike Eric and Otis, like we did not do any important work or nourishment to try to, you know, like (laughs) reunite. And so like, I have, I have nothing but like, you know, fond feelings for her. I wish her the best in the world, but like, we haven't, we barely spoke in high school and we haven't really spoken since. And it's just sort of like, this was the most important friendship of my like pre-high school days. And so I think I, I, I'm so glad that they're exploring it. And it's interesting to explore it because oftentimes in that storyline, we've seen the storyline before. It's like one kid gets really popular and the other kid isn't. And that's like sort of a, a splinter that we've seen in stories, but for it to be like, I have, I have mixed feelings about the way in which this like progressive utopia school is treated in season four. Cause I feel like there's like a little bit of punching down and mocking at it that I don't really love, but this concept of like, the queer and non-binary kids are the popular group, are the most popular group at this school. So what would that look like? And so for Eric to be drawn into that, you know, is is turning a dynamic we're familiar with on its on its head in a way, which is interesting. Your your friendship that you just talked about reminds me of something similar I experienced where I was really close with two girlfriends of mine in middle school and then freshman year we I think uh them and I drifted apart just because of where we thought we felt more comfortable or belonged within you know high school and I feel like I was a little like not Mexican enough for the all Mexican cliques in our high school um so I yeah. kind of you know I found someone else which I would like got really close to and then eventually them too also kind of drifted apart and found their own like you know one best friend that they stuck with which was really interesting to kind of see how we separated because we went into these different areas where we felt a little bit more comfortable to be ourselves And I think that, you know, sometimes when we talk about those days, we just kind of talk about it as if like, yeah, I was pretty either selfish or like, I didn't know what was going on, but we went with how we felt is kind of what we both agree on. And thankfully we found our way back to each other. But again, like it's, it's that thinking of sometimes it's a little worse to be disconnected with someone that is still physically there. Exactly. I know. It's a lot. <laughs> it just sounds like it's a lot. Um, let's talk about Maeve and Otis, which is, you know, thin line between friendship and relationship, I guess in the first couple of seasons, for sure. Do you think that they could have been true friends or two people in this type of situation could be true friends when they do have feelings for each other, when like one knows that the other one does have feelings? That's such an interesting question because every instinct in me wants to say like, yes, everything is possible, but I can't think of a single situation (laughs) where that is like in my life or anyone I know where that has worked out well. Like you have to be honest with your friends, right? Like you have to be open with them in order for that, like at least your close friends in order for that to like actually work. But I can think of a few circumstances where like someone has either told me that they had feelings for me or I told them I had feelings for them and 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 like neither party was interested in taking it to that next step. And then the friendship sort of faltered after that. And like yes. it's happened on both sides. So like I just I <laughs> I don't want to like subscribe to the when Harry met Sally, like men and women can't be friends, et cetera. Uh, like, of course no, they can. Yeah. Of course, we're not talking in like <laughs> a heteronormative sense, but I don't know. I think it's a really 
tricky dynamic. I don't know. What do you think? I want to say yes, but I don't know. I think back to, of course, Grey's Anatomy, one of my favorite shows, um, Owen and Teddy. And there was a moment where Teddy, uh, of course, expressed her feelings to Owen very, uh, very honestly and openly. And she then, while he was the engaged, or he was with Christina at the time, and I remember her saying something like, I'm unringing the bell. So as if I'm like taking it back. And Owen's like, you can't unring the bell. Like you can't, there is no going back to whatever we were after sharing how you felt. And in this case, strongly felt and have felt for him. And I feel like that yeah. is, uh, plays true to me. I've just like, you know, once you share feelings, I don't think it's the same. Can you be friends? I feel like in my opinion, you need some time before you could be just solely friends but especially when of course one doesn't feel the same in this case I think with Maven Otis was more so timing than anything else like Mm. there's so many moments right where it was just timing between them two and there was a moment where Maeve I think it was Maeve not Otis that's admitted to the reason that they started or she agreed to start you know sex education back up was to just be closer to him and I feel like there was always this like underlying right romance, but I don't I don't know. What do you think about their friendship overall or relationship, I guess? I mean, I mean, I guess I just want to like circle back to that thing really quickly and say, um, I think the problem of what that introduces, that like romantic confession or unrequited, what have you, is it makes one party sort of start to suspect the other person's motivations. Like, why are you here? Are you only here because of like your crush or why are you doing this? Are you only doing this because you're hoping my feelings would change? And then there's also that like guilt of, I don't feel the same way you do. I can't meet you where you are. And I, I just like, I think it throws up these huge stumbling blocks that you can, I think, I think you're right. Like you can sort of like separate and then maybe like come back together in the hope that like, we're now meeting each other on the same playing field in terms of like how we feel about each other with Otis and Maeve, it's more of a classic. Will they, won't they timing thing where this is, this is just like the most iconic teen show yeah. thing where one <laughs> character is pining for yeah. one character for one season and then they move on. But then that character is then pining for that character. And so that's just classic dramatic romantic tension. Um, I do like the, the way that sex education did it wasn't, as cliched as it usually is. I think there was just a, a, a bit more communication um, between them on that front or they didn't draw it out for as long, I guess, is is another part of it. But um, yeah, it's it's a really tricky ingredient to throw into the yeah. already complicated brew <laughs> that is friendship, for sure. Yeah, I, I also, you know, just thinking about Maeve, I also think of uh, we talked a little bit about like friendships among women, but just in regards to the untouchables, but also a friendship that I was really interested in was Maeve and Amy of just kind yeah. of how it started to the last season of just like, of course, Amy being a part of the untouchables at first had to like keep their friendship secret and then publicly announced it was denounced by the untouchables. And then they built this very, very strong friendship where you wouldn't always see them together though but when you would they were going through some hard shit that I think only they'd only be open to support from the from the other one like I feel like the support that they gave each other wouldn't be welcomed if anyone else would give it to them um what do you think about their friendship 
I love them. Um, I love Amy uh, as a character, and I think Amy Lee Wood is so good. Spelled the same. Always interesting when an actor has the same name as their character. You're like, how much was this character just like invented for this actor that they liked? Because she's got such like <laughs> yeah. a fun loopy delivery, you know. Um, and and then and it had a quite interesting and serious storyline built for her. Um, you know, in terms of like this is like a very bubbly person and then endures something that like really traumatizes her. And I think those are those kinds of friendships, like her friendship with Maeve feeds her in a way that her friendship with the other girls in the Untouchables group couldn't never, like they don't feed each other that way, you know? And yeah. so it's almost like with a character like Amy, who is so, again, like sort of pink and bright and sparkly. And then when she has that sort of like dark darkness introduced into her life and into her storyline, it's almost like there's only certain people you feel like you can show that to or only certain people that you can share that with. And for, for Maeve to be someone, I mean, what the show really wants to tell us is that everyone has that in them. And if you like push hard enough, you can connect to anyone on that level. Again, I think that's what that uh, episode with the girls all in sort of detention together um, uh, establishes. But that idea of like being able to turn to Maven, knowing that whatever is dark inside of you, whatever you're ashamed of inside of you, whatever you're fighting with inside of you, that there's someone who can like recognize that, meet you on that level. And, and those friends are so important to have that there's nothing you could tell them that they would sort of turn away from you uh, on. So yeah, I love them together. I think back to those two pillars that you mentioned of these friendships throughout this series of like, or just the themes of friendship is that shame and connection. I feel like this friendship definitely explores those two. Is there any other friendships you wanted to talk about? Ola and Lily is one that I think of, but it's uh, yeah. friends love turned them. lovers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love Lily, but yes, she's yeah. one of my favorite characters. But Lily, was there anything else yeah. you wanted to talk about? I mean, I think they did a good job with the adult characters too, trying to mm. establish the necessity like for Adam's mom and Jean, you know what I mean? Like there's just these like connections that happen that feel important. And yeah, what a special show. Thank you so much for letting me talk about it. I love this show. Yeah. I really hope, I think it's uh, it's going to be one of those shows that people discover later on. Hopefully it stays on some sort of platform in order for people to discover it later on. But no, thank you for joining me today, Joe, and for talking all things sex education. And thank you to everyone for listening. If you have any thoughts or feels about sex education, email us at whataboutyourfriendspod at gmail.com. If not, talk to you next week. <laughs>